Well, hey everyone, this is Athena and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good because He is faithful and good. Every Wednesday, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8.28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and the other two episodes will include a time for Insider Insights, where I'll answer publishing questions from our listeners. So hey, Let's get started. Well, welcome to the debut episode of All Things. That's our new podcast, and I am here today with the amazing Liz Curtis Higgs to kick start our time together. Then during the second half of the show, I'll introduce you to BJ Garrett, author of Unwanted No More from exploited to embraced by God. So just as uh, an introduction, uh, most of you know Liz, but I'm gonna give her a proper introduction. She is the author of 37 books with 4.6 million copies in print, including her nonfiction bestsellers, Bad Girls of the Bible, The Girl Still Got It, and The Women of Christmas, and her award-winning Scottish historical novels, including Whence Came a Prince, A Wreath of Snow, and Mine is the Night, a New York Times bestseller. Liz has also spoken at more than 1,800 Christian conferences in all 50 states of the U.S. and 15 foreign countries. And I first met Liz when we both served on faculty together at the Sandy Cove Christian Writers Conference. Gosh, had to be 25 years ago. (laughs) So Lizzie, it is an honor to have you as we launch All Things Podcast today. Oh, what an honor to be on the first one with you. And yes, it probably was about 25 years ago, certainly last century (laughs) when (laughs) I met. And uh, isn't it exciting to see what God journeys God has taken us on? Not always the easiest roads, but in the end, the best roads. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have been on quite a journey over the last number of years. And since the focus of the podcast is Romans 828, where it says, and we know that God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. I'd love to hear your take on unpacking Romans 8.28. Let's just start there. Oh, you bet. And uh, as a teacher of the word, it's my favorite thing to do is to begin with what exactly God says to us. So yeah, and everybody knows this verse almost a little too well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm going to break it down, you know, actually almost word by word so that we're really sure we're all talking about exactly what God says. It begins, and we know that. Wow, we know. So this isn't a maybe, it's not a possibility, it's not something we have to quote, take on faith. We know it's an assurance from God. And in all things, uh, of course, there's the name of your beautiful podcast, All Things. In all things, and all in the Bible, honestly, Athena, it means, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All. <laughs> yep. I mean, there's just no, oh, but except this thing over here. No, that's too hard. All things, 
every detail of our lives is what the message says. All things God works. And if you just quit there, that would actually be good enough news right there. In all things, God works. He is at work. He is working on it. It's in his hands. He's going to complete this. Oh, what good news that is. God works. And he doesn't just work. He works for the good. Mm. This is the hardest thing to see. When what we're going through is a difficult thing, a challenging thing, a painful thing, a disappointing thing. Uh, any of those kind of experiences, emotionally especially, um, we lose sight of how could this ever end well? Well, this is what we know, that in all things, God works for the good. Philip says everything that happens fits into a pattern for good, works towards something good and beautiful. You know, an example of that everybody would get when you clean out a closet, in the process, it's a fiasco. You're throwing stuff everywhere. Here's the pile for Goodwill. Here's the trash. Here's the I'm not sure what I want to do with this yet pile. And when the closet is empty, you're surrounded with a mess. And when we're in the middle of something hard, that's what it feels like. We're in the middle of a mess. We can't imagine not living in this mess. But the truth is you press on, you put back the good, you get rid of the bad, mm -hmm. and you end up with a beautiful closet, the kind that you go open the door two or three times a day just to admire its organization. <laughs> well, that's how God works in our lives. He is sifting through the bad. He is putting it aside. He is focusing on the good. And when all is said and done, it's going to be amazing. We just have to trust him through the process. The verse goes on, of those who love him. So that's a little caveat for us here. Mm -hmm. Does he clean out everybody's closets? Um, no. Mm -hmm. It's those who love him, who acknowledge him, who call him Lord and Savior. The ones he loves, he loves to do this for. Um, can we just also forget that statement of God will never give you more than you can handle? Tell me about it. That yeah, that's is not true. in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Uh, and, and it's such a cool thing to say to people who feel like, are you kidding? I am so burdened right now. So that's not in scripture. Cast it aside. In fact, God often gives us way more than we can handle so that we will give it to him. Yep. I mean, that's the whole idea is we stop trying to do it ourselves the worst thing you can say to the Lord is, Lord, I got this. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. You're missing the most amazing opportunity to have God do the heavy lifting for you. So God gives us more than we can handle. So we don't try to handle it ourselves. And we remain humble and fully dependent on him. Mm. So he's on to say those whom he loves who have been called according to his purpose. So God has a purpose for us. And he has a purpose for everything in our lives, all of it. Wow, that's hard. Because when it's a hard thing, how can this be your purpose, Lord? How can this be intentional? Well, it's because of his goodness. This is a good God. This is a God that we can trust. The main thing with Romans 8, 28 is you can't throw it at somebody as a platitude. Oh, don't worry. All things work out for good. Somehow that doesn't feel good mm -hmm. when you're in the middle of the mess. Right. What we really want to say is God is at work 
in your life and he has only good in mind for you. And so that's that's Romans 8:28 the LRV that's the Lizzie revised version. <laughs> I love that. And you know, it's true. It's we seem to think that God can only use good things or victories or you know that it's this struggle over here or that struggle over there is out of doesn't count in this. And he's very clear. It's all things, but it is conditional. It's not just like you said, it's not just for any guy, any person on the street that really doesn't love God and isn't called, then, you know, it's, it's not an automatic. No, this is, this is a promise from God. It's a, an assurance from God. We go back to, and we know. <laughs> so it's, a, it's just an, an affirmation from God. And it does help us, I think, get through the hard times. If we remember, God is in the hard times with us. He has a plan and a purpose in, in the hard times. And um, we can hang on knowing that good is going to come out of it. And of course, how many testimonies could people share of having been through the hard things, but on the other side, and sometimes it takes, let's be honest, years on the other side before you can look back and go, oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Let's take the 10 years that I supposedly threw away in my bad girl years. All right. I had a, had a lost decade, babe. It was basically the seventies and there was not a lot to save about the seventies. And so I threw it away thinking when I came to know Christ 38 years ago, thinking, Oh no, I wasted that decade. And the truth is God has used that decade mm -hmm. for good in just, not just in my life to make me ever grateful for what he's done. I never assume, Oh, I've got this. Cause I know I never had this mm -hmm. it's God's gift to me. But it also gives me a place of ministry that I just wouldn't have had. Yeah. Um, when women come up to me after an event and are heartbroken about something they've done, I'm absolutely unshockable, babe. I've been there. I did that. Um, and I understand it. I get it. Um, sin is not a mystery to me. I understand it entirely too well. And so I now understand how God can use even the worst mess for not only my good, but for the good of his kingdom. How good a God is that, that he doesn't yes. waste any of it? Absolutely. And that's, you know, if you lived a perfect life and never had a challenge, never had a struggle, never fell, and never, you know, just did, did all the, you know, our stories in many ways are similar. And, you know, when I look back and go, I, I wouldn't have anything that would be of benefit. Well, you know, I shouldn't say that, but just right. that he gave us that experience to be able to comfort others so they don't feel alone when they're feeling the shame and all of the lies that the enemy wants to throw at them. Right, right. And the enemy, of course, is very quick um, to jump in on this verse and say, yeah, but not your situation. <laughs> it's not true for you. Um, and it is true, beloved. It is true for us. Mm. Uh, another verse that I love that is kind of a life verse for me and, and walks a little bit hand in hand with Romans 8.28 is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And so it's, it's that next step of, of not just acceptance, but actually giving thanks. In other words, celebrating. Um, probably the, the biggest um, 
opportunity, let's use that word, for me, going down that kind of a road has been my cancer adventure. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I refuse to call it a journey because journey sounds hard, trudge, trudge. Uh, for me, cancer has been an adventure. Never would have imagined that going in. Cancer is such a big word in our culture. Capital C, a scary word. And what I discovered um, right early on in my journey, uh, oops, in my adventure, (laughs) (laughs) what I discovered, first of all, is God was with me. It was not a surprise to him. He was not looking down from heaven, wringing his hands saying, oh, Liz, I'm so sorry. I just don't know how cancer came into your life. Um, It was none of that. It was God closer to me than I had ever experienced before. We know he never moves. Okay. So it's not that God drew closer, but I think I definitely drew closer to him out of sheer need, out of asking lots of questions. What now, Lord? What does the future look like? Help me not be scared. Um, And he was so there and so present that I got early on to the point where I said, I am so grateful for cancer. And of course, people thought I was crazy. You know, they'd, oh, bless her heart. Those cancer drugs, they really will do a job. She's really lost it now. (laughs) And um, I'm grateful because I wrote about it early on in the cancer adventure when I was in the depths of it and had no idea how it was all going to turn out. I'm glad I wrote about it then because to speak about it now, I'm sort of on the other side now of the cancer adventure. Right. Um, two years um, since my last chemo, though I'm still on immunotherapy. I'm sure your listeners don't care about all this, but um, I've been in treatment for two years past the chemo, um, but have had four wonderful reports of no evidence of disease. Mm. So, um, so we're coming up on that point where you can actually use the word survivor. Um, and so if I wrote about now being grateful for cancer, everybody would say, well, of course, sure. you survived. But the fact is, I wrote about my joy in the midst of it, just to encourage anybody in the midst of whatever. Cancer is not the only health challenge uh, that we go up against at all ages and all stages. There are things that our bodies break down about, whatever it is. It can seem very scary, but here was my experience. In the depths of it, when a doctor looked at me and said, Liz, this hasn't gone the way we expected. The cancer has returned. And because we didn't expect it, we're not sure what to do next. You are chemo resistant, so we can't do any more chemo. Um, And I said, and I have it on tape because I taped the appointment thinking they were going to tell me what we're going to do next. And I didn't want to miss something important. Mm. And what they said, they used words like months and maybe years, but the word months Mm. really stopped me in my tracks. And, uh, and I did break down. I can hear my, I can hear my tears. Um, And my almost inability to speak, which Athena, you know, I'm never not able to speak, (laughs) but I was pretty speechless. And then I took that to the Lord and I said, Lord, what might months mean? And what he's, oh my goodness, it was so tender. He whispered to me, months might mean you and I will be eye to eye and face to face very soon. And when I got that little glimpse of eternity, that little sense of what that might be like, what eternal life actually looks like, 
I felt nothing but joy, nothing but relief, such that when they went into radiation saying, this is pretty much our only shot on this, Liz, and we came through the radiation and we got that no evidence of disease report, I got to tell you, Athena, I, <laughs> I said to my oncologist, first response, to be really honest, was, oh, shucks. And he said, what? What? <laughs> yeah, did you misunderstand what I said? I said, no evidence of disease, Liz, you're going to live. I said, that's good. No, really, that is great. But just for a moment, just for a moment, I thought I was going to get to go home mm. sooner rather than later. Now, that's very selfish. It doesn't take into account people that love you mm. and maybe would like you to hang around. Uh, my kids especially were not excited about how eager I was for heaven. But I'm going to tell you where that leaves me today. I hate to say it aloud, but I'm going to. I am unafraid of death, mm. just fearless. However God wants to spend the rest of this life for me, whether I go home to him sooner or later, I know he picked it. He knows our first day and our last. Yeah. He knows our first breath and our last. None of it is outside of his will and none of it is outside of his control. And so resting in that, whew, there's just, it makes you fearless about anything. If you're not afraid of death, what in the world would you be afraid of? Exactly. So and, um, I just, I'm not, I don't highly recommend cancer, but I highly recommend Romans 8, 28. I highly recommend sinking into the truth of this, that God has such a good plan. We can't even imagine how good. And I think, you know, where it says, and we know, it's like, we have to remind ourselves we have to remind ourselves that we know that he uses all things, even this thing that looks like a foe that cannot be challenged and that it, ha you know, there's just no hope. Right. Even that, he will use it for good. And just that we have to remind ourselves, otherwise the enemy will take us down the wrong path of fear and anxiety and that probably makes the, you know, if it's a cancer diagnosis, it only makes it worse. Yeah, it surely does. Um, when you have that joy about it, and of course, they all thought I was just a little crazy at the cancer center, because I was always so happy when I got there, happy to see everybody. Oh, great, here comes the big needle. You know, they're like, oh, this woman, bless her, what is her story? <laughs> well, I'm delighted to tell you my story if you want to know it. So cancer mm. opened up so many opportunities to minister to people, encourage people. Athena, you've seen me speak during this adventure. You know that many times I just flip off my wig uh, and share my, my big bald self <laughs> with the room just to, to show that fearlessness for real um, in a very um, visual, uh, visible and visceral kind of way. Um, you know, it's one thing to say, I'm not afraid. And it's another thing to show. Yeah. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of what I look like. I'm not afraid of what people might think. Um, because when you're in something with the Lord, when he is walking with you, you have such a sense of his presence, of his covering, of his protection, of his love, of his incredible, um, just wrapping himself around you that, to such a point, they don't even really see Liz anyway. Mm -hmm. um, Boy, that makes flipping your wig just no big deal. 
Um, and it's been fascinating. Of course, now I have just enough hair. I can't flip the wig anymore. So now you get one of my seven wigs. That's how that's going to work, friends. There Long, short, all the same color, though. They all, Athena, are biscuit. Leave it, <laughs> that's the color. Leave it to me to choose a food for my head. <laughs> uh, it is... Uh, the actual color is 19 slash 23 if you try to look it up. But anyway, it's, um, it's just fun when you embrace your adventure, whatever it is, and know that it's from the Lord. Um, nothing gets past him. Mm-hmm. If we understand his sovereignty, uh, it, there's nothing that slips through his hands, least of all us, yeah. the ones he loved so much that he died for. So least of all us, um, but the world's measure of what's fun and God's measure of what's joy is going to be different. Yeah. And so, so we've always got to just say, God, you are in this. We know, we know that he works all things together for our good. Um, those words are so powerful. Um, this is, by the way, one of the featured verses in my book, 31 Verses to Write on Your Heart. Because I do think it's one of the verses we need to memorize. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, Athena, we forget. We just yeah. forget. We knew that verse yesterday, but when we need it most, sometimes it's not there or we get the words jumbled or mi- misinterpret what they mean. Um, and of course, people are happy to misinterpret them for us, saying those mm-hmm. things like, God will never give you too much to bear. Um, so I, I, I love, love, love memorizing verses. And this was an early memorization verse for me 37 years ago and I'm grateful it sticks so um yeah so that's that's Romans 8 28 for this girl so tell us a little more about that 31 verses to write on your heart because that's I love that book and it would be a perfect book to not only buy for yourself or give as a gift um, for those of you who are listening it's but give us a little peek into because it's beautiful well, just... and it is got a beautiful cover because I wanted it to be a gift book. I wanted it to be something you could share with a friend. But unlike a lot of gift books that have lots of pictures and a few words, um, this is words, baby. This, this is the word. Mm. <laughs> 31 verses unpacked, uh, typical Lizzie style, verse by verse, looking at a bunch of translations to make sure we have every nuance of what God is trying to say to us. Um, and I asked a thousand women, what are your favorite verses? So that's where the 31 came from. Okay. I did throw in a couple of my personal favorites, <laughs> but, um, I but that. I think, it, well, yeah, that's right. That's author um, permission on that. I think to do that, but uh, many of these are going to be ones, you know, well, um, some will be, Oh, I never thought about that one. Uh, those are sometimes the most fun to unpack. Um, Then there is a Bible study component at the end of the book. There are questions for each of the 31 little chapters. Uh, So you can read it in a month as a devotional. You can do it as a Bible study on your own or with a group of friends or give it as a gift book. I wanted it to be one of those all-purpose kind of books um, that would bless my sisters in Christ. And so 31 verses to write on your heart. And the next year I came out with 31 Proverbs to light your path, Mm. which turned out to be the book I wrote while I was preparing and didn't know it for the cancer adventure. Wow. I turned that book in and was diagnosed the next week. And I said, Lord, you are so good because you filled my heart with all the truths about you lighting our path that I would need walking into what felt like darkness. God cares so much, friends. I can mm. never say it enough. 
He mm -hmm. loves us more than we will ever fully grasp. Amen. So, okay, we're, we're wrapping up our time together. I would love at this point to have you share just a few tips or tools that will help our listeners sharpen their perspective on how God is continually working all things together for good. Sure. It's my joy to do that. So I, I'm going to offer six reasons to be thankful when you're going through a hard season. It's the hardest time to be thankful, but if you can get in that thankful attitude, it certainly makes going through the season a whole lot easier. So things to be excited about in the depths of something difficult. One is a greater sense of his faithfulness. Hmm. When people ask me over and over, how are you doing? What are you learning? I always said, God is so faithful. In the hard times, we often feel very alone. And that's when we realize how alone we are not. Yeah. And so his faithfulness, one of my favorite scriptures, Psalm 36, 5, your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. So that's one greater sense of his faithfulness, a richer understanding of his peace. We all want to be peaceful. I mean, I think that's pretty high up in people's lists of, I just want peace in my life. All right. Well, that's going to come from him. And it says in Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. So in other words, we're not going to get this. We're just going to trust this. We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So his peace becomes palpable in the midst of a Romans 8, 28 experience. Third thing is a constant assurance of his goodness. God is good. It is the definition of who he is. In fact, our understanding of goodness is God himself. Jesus said, no one is good but God alone. So if he is the definition of goodness, we can trust his goodness. Psalm 27, 13 says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm. Wow, did I hang on to that verse through the days when the living part wasn't quite clear. Right. And then God said, but Liz, life in his terms means eternal life. Yeah. It doesn't mean life on this planet. It means life with a capital L, long-term forever life. Mm. Another thing is a deeper dependence on his presence. I, uh, I talked to God through the cancer journey far more than I ever had before. Mm -hmm. And it means that I'm now like, I talk to him all the time. I had a dear woman ask me on Monday. So how often do you pray? I said, you know, I don't really think of it that way of starting and ending a prayer, dear God. And amen. Mm -hmm. When I speak to the Lord, it starts out more like, Oh, and Lord, another thing. Mm -hmm. It's an ongoing conversation. I don't think I ever truly got that before, but because I'm so aware of his presence, I'm so aware of his always listening. Mm. You know, with a friend, you got to call him on the phone. You got to text him. You have to get their attention um, with God. Mm. He's always present and he's always listening. Yeah. Oof. Wow. I have time for another one. Yes. Um, it'd be a clearer vision of his hope. Um, you, you brought up the word hope. Another word like peace, I think we long for in our lives. I just want hope. I want to know for sure it's all going to turn out. God gives us 
a bright beacon of hope. That's who he is. Hebrews 12, 28 says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. That's our hope. It comes from God. It's a future that can't be shaken. It can't be changed. Here's the thing, Athena, we can't even mess it up. Just get yep. your head around that. We can't even mess it up. God has got this. He so clearly has this that we can rest in that absolute truth. Wow. And those are great things for us to remind ourselves to be thankful for, because when we thank him for all of those things, it just, you know, it, it changes the atmosphere. It changes how we're thinking. It changes how we feel. It changes everything. It does change the atmosphere almost, almost physically. In yeah. other words, your spirit lightens, the air in the room lightens, um, your heart lifts. Uh, that's not imaginary stuff. And that's not, you know, woo-woo stuff. That is exactly what the Holy Spirit is about. He's a fresh wind. He fills us up. He blows away the cobwebs. And if I may say, he chases away the adversary. One thing the adversary doesn't want to do is hang around a person who's full of the Spirit. Um, and so, you know, when we focus on that gratitude and thankfulness and the trust piece, it's good, girl. It is Amen. so good. Amen. Lizzie, this has just been delightful. It's been too long. Thank you so much for being with us today. A joy for me, friend. I wish you the very best with your new podcast. It's exciting. Yes. Thank you so much. And uh, listeners, you can find Lizzie all over social media and at LizCurtisHiggs.com. So make sure you go out and pick up the 31 Verses to write on your heart and make sure if you haven't done it already to write Romans 8:28 on your heart. All right, we are heading into the second half of today's debut show of the All Things Podcast, and I am super excited to introduce you all to B.J. Garrett, Redemption Press author of Unwanted No More, From Exploited to Embraced by God. B.J., welcome to the All Things Podcast. Hi, thanks so much, Athena. It's great to be with you today. Absolutely. All right. So I want to give you a proper introduction. Uh, so those of you out there who um, have not heard about this woman, she is amazing. BJ has been involved with Christ-Centered Abortion Recovery and Education. The acronym for that is CARE. Uh, since the spring of 2012 and has served as the executive director since June of 2016. She initially became involved with that ministry as a client in need of post-abortion healing. She is a graduate of the Baptist Missionary Association Theological Seminary, that is a mouthful, in Jacksonville, Texas, loves to teach Bible studies, and welcomes any opportunity to share her personal testimony of redemption. She has been married to her best friend, Jay Garrett, for 21 years, she is a mother of three, Nana to two nearly perfect grandchildren, Aiden and Annabelle, and one nearly perfect foster grandbaby, Baby Z. She loves roller coasters when you start to hear 
her, you, that will not surprise you. And <laughs> she loves bluebell homemade vanilla ice cream smothered in chocolate fudge, a magic shell, wild shoes, funky, spunky hair, and playing badminton, which she says they don't exactly follow all the rules because they get very competitive when they are playing in their oversized badminton court that has to be oversized because there are so many of them who play all at the same time. Forget those rules of certain number of people on each side. Um, so I'll tell you what, if I've ever seen God work all things together for good, it would have to be in your story, BJ. Thank you, Athena. Girl, <laughs> how, how he could bring such healing and ministry out of such devastation and, and chaos blows me away. So I want you to start out before we jump into your book, although, you know, both talking about your book and asking you this question are going to be very similar just because your book is your memoir. So, but tell us a little bit about what Romans 8.28 has looked like in your life. You know, it really is just um, having having God so completely transform my life. He literally has taken every ugly thing that has been done to me or that I did to myself from sexual abuse to abortions and everything in between and has now used that to be able to minister to others. And it truly has been kind of a full circle in every single area of ugly in my life. He's been able to redeem that, heal it, and use it for his kingdom. Wow. Well, when you think about Romans 8.28 that says, and we know that God works all things together all things. for good. Not some, not only the pretty things, but all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And I love how Lizzie unpacked that scripture for us earlier in the show today, that all things means all things. And it's not just for everybody. It's for those who are called according to his purposes. And you, my girl, are called. And wow, just when I read your story and I saw how much he really was pursuing you. Yeah, he was. I mean, and I hope that that is evident throughout the book because truly that is my story. He never left me. And for, for many times throughout my life, I felt really alone and unwanted. And so when you go back and you really look back at these small details of how he had protected me in some areas and how he had rescued me in other areas, but really how he had had a plan to use all of these things and not to really compare myself to, you know, scripture by any means in, in do anything weird, but just like Joseph, I mean, he was thrown into a pit. He was, I mean, he was called out. He was pursued for adultery, which was a lie. I mean, all of these things, but God had an amazing purpose to get him right where he needed to be to minister to the people that he knew that he would have to be ministering to. And only God did that. So all of these ugly things, 
you can see where God's hand was in control of it all. Not that God caused ugly things because that's not God, right? but he was able to orchestrate the ugly things of fallen sinful men to bring such beautiful redemption. And that is what he did in my life. A lot of really ugly things happened, but truly it is all for his glory because now lives are being saved because of that. Mm. Yeah. Talk about, you know, taking something that the enemy meant for evil and turning it around and kicking him in the teeth by (laughs) building the kingdom with that exact story that he tried to use to silence you and destroy you. Exactly. Wow. Okay. So jumping into your story, uh, what do you want readers to gain from reading Unwanted No More? I think the the main focus and kind of my life motto is that no matter what has been done to you, no matter what you have done to yourself, there is hope and healing in Jesus Christ. And sometimes when we are really broken and we are hurting people, that we we feel like there is no hope. There is there's there's no reason to even keep breathing sometimes. The pain is so real and so intense that the concept of ever not feeling that way is is not comprehensible, I guess. And so I want people to know, and that's why I share some of the very ugly things that I've done and that, and that was done to me, is because I need people to understand that really bad things can happen, but a really big, good God can overcome those things. No matter how big and ugly it is, there is nothing too much for God to be able to come through and to cleanse and heal and to make whole again. Hmm. Absolutely right on. So, okay, which character in the Bible do you relate to most and tell us why? Sure. My most um, favorite character in the Bible is the woman at the well. And that is simply because, you know, that's my story. When she met Jesus at the well, she was so broken. She was living a very sinful life, yet he pursued her. He knew where she was going to be when she would be ready to finally accept his truth. And he met her right there at the well at the hottest part of the day. And she gave her life to him and then immediately runs to the town and tells the whole town about this man, Jesus, who had just saved her. And I so relate to that because that's my story. When I finally quit running and I met Jesus where he was at, when he came to me and I finally surrendered, it was, I was all in. I mean, I immediately began to just serve in full-time ministry and I've been serving in full-time ministry ever since. And, and so I just so relate to that complete, ugly, brokenness, adulterous, sinning woman being so fully restored and rescued from the pits of hell that she couldn't keep it to herself. And so that's, that's where I'm at. Mm. I love that. So I'm looking at your book and the cover right now, and I see this parched, gray, kind of ugly, muddy, gray um, earth, and then this amazing, just compelling open door with just 
beautiful lush green grass and the sun shining. Tell us how that reflects the story inside. Sure. Most of my life really represents the larger portion of that, that broken dry earth, so dry that even if it were to rain, the rain would just wash off. It was too dry to even absorb anything good. And that was so my life, especially my childhood and early preteen and teenage years and really even young adulthood for that matter and just completely broken dry dirty thorns full of just ugly ugly brokenness and then you see the beautiful bright sunny picture of a beautiful woman kind of frolicking through these beautiful pink flowers and it's just lush and full and 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 redeemed and beautiful and for me that is where the lord came in i feel like the the cover of the book really just describes the story that's inside and um i love it i love i love the contrast between where Jesus rescued me and how it's visualized on the book cover from the ugly destruction of what the world had for me. Mm. Okay. So how did writing unwanted no more affect you emotionally and spiritually? It was, it was so hard. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I mean, it was an emotional roller coaster. And I would go through these like silly moments, like, oh my goodness, I'm totally writing this book. Ah, I'm writing a book. And then literally within moments, I am like hysterically crying and I can't do this. Uh, it was it was really awful. And my poor husband really earned his, you know, rewards in heaven on this journey with me because Bless him. He would just walk in and I'm a basket case and, and he would just, you know, give me my time and my space and, and lovingly comforted me through the process. So it was difficult, but also so much happened through the process. And what's really cool is that I didn't even have the end of the book before, while I was writing it, it was in the process of writing the book that the Lord gave me this opportunity with my family at my grandmother's birthday party. And on the way home, it was like all of this stuff just came in with complete redemption and where literally it was where all things work together for his good. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. It was, the journey was amazing, awful emotionally, challenging spiritually, because it was just like, God, this is so hard. Why do I have to tell people this? Why do I have to go back there? But in the end, I think that with the help of, of Sarah and, and just the entire Redemption Press team, I think that hard things were shared, but in a way that was not gross, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was just such a difficult journey, but it truly brought so much more healing. Like I thought I was healed when I agreed to write the book. <laughs> but then like, you just can't even really comprehend the, the difference between then and now to the point now when people read my story and they're reading, I get these emails and I'm like, Oh my goodness, I love this. And, but they tell me like how hard it was to read them. I'm like, really? You think, but is it that bad? 
<laughs> so, because it's, it, for me, when I read it, I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm so, I'm so past that now that right. I don't see the pain anymore. I only see the redemption. Mm. But it is, you know, when we go back and we have to relive those moments that were painful, the pain, we can, I mean, we feel it again. It's, it's almost cathartic actually going through that and having God cleanse us again when, you know, you've already come so far, but there was just still another level. And in the writing process of doing that, there just is something about it that, is hard to describe, but it's amazing. It really is. And uh, I really never had a desire to be an author. And it's funny because I really have a hard time even calling myself BJ Garrett author, like I'm somebody. But it was really, really a neat process to be able to, I speak a lot. I get a chance to tell my story pretty often these days, but it, it's so much different to try to write and show somebody the scenes throughout my life than it was to just tell them. But I'll say also, um, as part of that healing process and that growing process that I feel like I have learned techniques to better express myself verbally when Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to a crowd, especially like women's ministry because of the writing process. Because Sarah, if I heard it once, I heard it a thousand times. You told me that now show it to me. (laughs) I'm like, "Ah, I don't want to do this. Sarah, it's hard. Painting the picture is just so much more compelling and dramatic when you can do it, but that means you have to go back and and really analyze it and go, how do I best describe this? Yeah, and you know, when you're telling somebody, you can kind of skirt around some of those emotional issues that you may not even realize are emotional issues, but when you have to really go back to that room where this happened mm-hmm. or to this trailer park or to this, wherever your this is, when you have to really go back there and visualize it and, and express it, it's, it's just, it's painful, but it's so healing. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That, and that is, uh, it's just so much fun to hear, you know, to hear each author's kind of recollection of how, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to write this. I don't want to be this transparent, but then getting, realizing that's the thing that people are going to connect with and getting over our own, like wanting to protect ourselves and saying, okay, God, you, I'm going to embrace all of it and allow you to use it. And boy, to watch him use your story. I just, I am just in awe. It has been, whenever, every time I get an email or a text message or a Facebook message, I really, it just brings me to my knees, Athena. I am so overwhelmed that the Lord is using a story like mine for anything, much less for such eternal purposes. It's unbelievable to me. Praise the Lord that he yes. can do, that he can, that he can make all things new. Oh <laughs> right. my. So, okay. So what are you working on next? So I am actually working on a chapter um, for She Writes for Him 
I work with abortion uh, recovery and abortion is a part of my story and it's a huge passion of mine to help women who have experienced abortion to help them to receive that forgiveness and to process through the pain caused by their abortion. So I have a chapter in the She Writes for Him on abortion and uh, then I, you know, whoever, whatever the Lord has next, I don't know as far as um, writing books, I have written a couple of articles now, which I never thought I would do, and some blog posts, which totally stressed me out, because I really don't feel like I'm a writer, even though I've now written this book, but um, still working in full-time ministry, and speaking, and, and just trying to go through every single door the Lord opens for me, and do it with grace, and humility, and mm. being real. Amen. Okay, so who would you say was your greatest mentor? I'm so blessed that once I finally surrendered my life to Christ, that he really brought so many amazing people through different seasons of my life. Um, it was kind of like whatever I needed in those, in those moments, that's who he brought to me. But by far the most influential mentor type relationship God gave me was a sweet woman. Her name is Marilyn Benton. And she just inserted herself into my life when I was a brand new baby believer and did life with me. It was not like a formal mentorship or discipleship program. She didn't draw my name out of a hat and choose me. She didn't wake up and say, hmm, who can I you know, do life with today. She just naturally began to do a Titus mentorship with me where older women love younger women and teach them how to do this thing we call Christianity. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. She taught me how to pray. I was a believer, but I had never prayed out loud. And I was terrified to the point of being nauseous of just speaking words to our heavenly father. And she taught me, really, she forced me initially, eventually it forced me, you'll read the story in the book, but she really taught me how to open up my heart and just pour it out to our King of Kings. And that is by far the most influential piece of my walk with the Lord, because I now use that, I'm able to pray. And I mean, prayer is our source for everything for the kingdom. And, and seriously, before she began to pour into me and teach me what it was like to be a godly wife and a godly mom, like I had no, ex I had no examples of those things in my life, Athena. I didn't, I never saw a healthy marriage or a healthy parenting relationship even. Mm. So when this amazing godly woman comes in and just begins to lovingly teach me simple things about parenthood and being a wife and, and then specifically how to pray for my husband, how to pray for my children, how to pray for the lost and how to, how to just depend on God for everything. It was one of those things like even, you know, I kind of joke, but it's like, oh, I stubbed my toe. Whatever we were doing, we would stop and we would pray. And, and that just taught me so much that we have to, we have to take it to the Lord right then where we're at. Amen. And especially like if someone, because I have people all the time, please pray for me. I've got this going on and I'll, 
you know, I used to say, yep, I will, I will do that. I'll pray for you. And then some, you know, life would happen and I'd forget about it. So I'm to the point where, you know, they asked me to pray. I'm going to do it right then because that's right. Because if you don't life happens and I don't think that any of us intentionally promise to pray and then don't, but life happens. So if you can get in the habit of stopping right where you're at, when someone asks you to pray and pray, then you fulfill that need. You've fulfilled the promise to pray because you've done it with that person and it's over with. And now, and, and I also believe that by doing that, that helps to remember later on when you're maybe having your own private quiet time or when something else comes up and you need to stop and pray, that just helps us to really, to, to remember and to refocus those needs and take those needs to the one who can actually make a difference. Hmm. That is the truth. A good word. Good word. Okay. So in closing, I would love for you to share a few tips or tools to maybe help our listeners really zero in on how, you know, being able to recognize that God really is continually working all things together for good. Yeah. You know, when you're in the middle of some ugly things, it is so hard to see or even to believe that God loves you and that he can use this for his, for his glory. Because when pain is real, right? And those circumstances, when life hits us, whether it's diseases or prodigal children or I mean, just brokenness of all types that the world has for us, losses, and I mean, just all of the things that come at us, it's really, really hard to remember that God is God and he will use this, but don't give up. Don't, I mean, like, I like to say that, you know what, God's a big God. He has big shoulders. You can get mad at God and that's maybe controversial, but get mad at God. He can take it, take it out on the one that can change it, Mm. but then move on. Allow him to take your pain and your anger and your frustrations and your fear for me, fear was big and let him take that off of your shoulders. You weren't meant to carry all of this burden. He was, he took it to Calvary for us, but we have this control where we want to hold on to it. So my advice is to just trust him. And that is scary because we don't like to trust others. And we, it sounds like, like he's God. It should be easy to trust God with our children. It should be easy to trust God with our finances. Well, that sounds pretty on paper, but when you're dealing with disconnect notices and children on drugs and, and all of these awful things that can cause life altering consequences and pain, it's really hard to trust God with that pain. But but we just have to, like, you just have to remind yourself of the truth that he is God, that he is good, and that he will work all things for his glory for those that are called to his purpose. So do you think it would help then to just, um, when you're in the middle of that and you just don't, can't even see what's up, um, actually just declaring out loud, I choose to trust you even though I'm scared to death, Lord, but I choose to trust you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what we have to do. We have to combat those moments with truth. And and sometimes what I, it's like, I, I talk about this sometimes with my kids and my family and, and with women. And sometimes I'm just like, 
begging God to give me the faith to trust him. Like how silly does that sound? But literally when I am in these desperate moments of life, I literally just hit my knees and I'm like, God, I cannot even trust you to take this. I need you to give this to you. I need you to take this from me because I'm holding on to you tight. I need you to cleanse this from me, take this from me and, and give me the faith to trust you because I know that the truth is, is you are a good, good God and you love me and you love my children and my grandchildren far more than I could even comprehend. And, and I just am begging God sometimes to give me the faith that I need mm. to, to just take that next step, that next breath, that next moment, you know? And I'll bet, you know, he loves to answer those kind of prayers. He does. He never says no. He's never like, eh, not this time. Sorry. You know, too bad. So sad. You messed up one too many times or, you know, no hope for that one. Just be on your happy little way. That's not God. He doesn't do that. Nope. nope. Oh, my friend, this has just been delightful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today on our debut episode of all things. So if People that are listening today want to find you online. Where's the best place for them to do that? The easiest place is my website, bjgarrett.com. But I'm also on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. I'm probably most regularly regularly on Facebook, but I do have some other avenues. But the easiest way is just type in bjgarrett.com and there I am. And the information for the book is there, for speaking is there, and some clips of different things and, and other shows I've been on. And so that's probably the easiest way is just my website. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for being with us on this special day of our new podcast. And God bless your ministry and your day. Thank you so much. I love you guys at Redemption Press, and I am just honored to be on this show and to be a Redemption Press author. Amen. So thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So, hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media, of course, only if you thought it was helpful, or if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would really appreciate it as, you know, it'll help other people find the show and let them know it really is a good one to listen to. So thank you so much for listening today, and I'll see you next week.